My Mac Podcast, number 31. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. And uh, Chad is out this week, and we have Tad Sheeler filling in. Hello, Tad. Howdy. Uh, oh, you hear that little snort I just made? I don't know what that was about. My nose snorted all by itself. It's because you're a smoker. Uh, yeah, that's got to be it. <laughs> uh, Chad is camping with his wife, obviously. We uh, talked about that on the last podcast, podcast number 30. As such, I instead of doing it by myself, which... You know, it's it's not that big of a deal to do it by myself. It's just kind of nice to do this podcast with another person. So I called Tad over the weekend and I said, "Hey, Tad, you want to do the podcast with me?" And um, after pledging money into his favorite charity, and uh, <laughs> he agreed. So here he is. Hi, Tad. Howdy. Um, got a lot of things I want to get to uh, from last week, and uh, so if you don't mind. We do have a contest winner, and uh, we'll talk about that after we come back from our commercial breaks, as as it were. Um, but it's it's always nice to we haven't gone one show when we had a when we had a contest that we didn't have a winner, and I really thought that that would probably happen at least once or twice. Wouldn't you think so? I mean, well, not. You got quite a few listeners. I would expect you've got a lot of winners. Yeah, well, you know, we got a lot more listeners than I thought we would at this point. But I, I, I still thought, you know, there's going to be times that no one's going to win, and we're going to have to carry over the contest to the next week. Hasn't happened, so last week... Uh, Maybe you'll have to up the uh, ante a little bit and make the, the questions a little more difficult. That's right. Last week the question was, and you were actually part of this originally, uh, Chad and I did a video program called MacMod, and what was the name of the thing that we built? And the answer was the iAtari Mac. So I told the listeners, um, send in your answer, and I'm going to randomly draw the winner. And I did that. I printed all the correct answers. There was actually 17 people who who emailed me with the correct answer. I think that's that's pretty good, 17 people. Yeah. actually took the time, went and looked, and uh, emailed that correct answer. So you, you got all 16 of mine, right? That's right, yeah. So uh, we'll uh, – and, and you know what the thing is? I've always emailed the person before the podcast to let them know they've won. I haven't done that, and I'm not going to do it this time. So if you're the winner, this time you have to ask, you have to email me and go, "Hey, I'm the winner," and then I'll get your and send me your uh, mailing address, and uh, I'll give you a clue. The person's in Canada, so there's a listener out there who sent in a correct answer, going, "I'm in Canada. I wonder if it's me." But now they have to listen to the rest of the show to find out. Uh, I also asked on the last show that uh, if anybody has any good ideas for our intro music, because as you heard last week and what I just played this week, our intro music pretty much bites because I went away from our long-running theme, which I really liked, but I, I wanted to do something a little different. And so I created a GarageBand file intro music, and that's what we've been playing this show and in Podcast 30. The problem is it's not very good. So I actually had one of our listeners uh, take up the challenge of adding, making it better, and his name was Aaron Drake. And uh, so I sent him the GarageBand file. It's about a 9 megabyte file. That's kind of big to send email. 
but uh, Aaron got it. You e- emailed him a nine meg file. Yeah, well, I you know I, I said, do you want me to email you the GarageBand file? And he said, sure. So I sent it, and he got it just fine. Well, Turns out his iBook is messed up right now, though. So it's going to be a little bit before he he's. I think he said he was using his G4 Power Mac until he gets his iBook back. You would think that the i the the G4 Power Book would probably be more powerful. But then again, it could be like a first or second generation, so a, a newer iBook yeah. would definitely... I think he said his hard drive crapped out on him. So, sorry to hear that, Aaron. Uh, hopefully, uh won't cost you any money to get it fixed. Uh, I also got an email from Sean Mooney, and he asked, Do you have an RSS feed for your podcast? I'd like to be able to download them automatically, but I cannot find a separate feed for your podcast. Um, this is... this has been a problem. We do have a link right on every single page right at the top and it says RSS feed but it's in very small black letters and most people don't even notice it. You didn't it's even, lost. Yeah, you didn't even notice it because you asked me, do you have an RSS feed? So I've been talking to our webmaster, webmaster Adam, and uh, we decided we're going to put up a graphic. I've created the graphic, I've emailed it, the JPEG to Adam, and it will say RSS feed right on it. And uh, so if, if you guys are still looking for it, hopefully by the time you listen to this, we'll have that graphic up there and you'll be able to find it. Well, I'm not running uh, Tiger yet, but you are. And that's got the new upgrade for Safari. Does the RSS button yes. show up in the menu bar? Yes, it, di- it does now. It didn't before. Adam had to go in and tweak something so that does show up. Um, so if, if people would click that, if they're using... What is it, Safari 2.0? If they click that, that's our RSS feed as well. You just copy that URL into whatever iPod or X or whatever else newsreader that you're using, and you can subscribe to it that way as well. But still, it, this is a this is our problem, and we needed to put something up there to draw people's attention that, hey, yes, we do have an RSS feed, and, and this is what it is. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, and we posted our last podcast on Saturday. So this is, for me, it's almost like back-to-back podcasts. Not a lot has happened in the Mac world since the last podcast to this podcast. So it's it's like, uh, wow, another podcast so quickly, but I wanted to get it done and out of the way. So here it is. Um, but uh, to back up for the RSS, it is mymac.com slash newsfeed.rss. So if you want to subscribe to our podcast and our RSS feed, mymac.com slash newsfeed.rss. Okay, you're going to have to try to say that name. We just practiced this about ten times. And, yeah. And, uh, Go ahead. Svent Ekholm writes, I guess you don't get much audio feedback from Swedes, right? So... Uh, <laughs> now Svent, you say it. Svent sent us a audio feedback file, and uh, so let's stop here for a second. We're going to listen to that, and uh, if you have a hard time understanding what he's saying, he's from Sweden, so I, I, and he has a really good uh, tip for Spotlight. So let's listen to Svent real quick. Hey, my name is Svante. I have a little Spotlight tip for you and the listeners. I had my PowerBook and AppleCare repair, and after that I restored a bootable backup to my internal drive, Spotlight would not search any of my files. New files were indexed as they were added though. So I asked myself the question, how do I reset Spotlight? The solution to this problem is to add the internal drive to the integral list in the Spotlight preferences, 
and then remove it again. This will curiously enough cause Spotlight to re-index your Intone drive from scratch. This option could also come in handy if your Spotlight database gets messed up for some reason, such as a write error. There is no other box or button to click to reset Spotlight like this. Thanks again for the great podcast. And uh, thanks for the uh, tip. That's a that's a good point. There's nothing in Spotlight to tell it to re-index a drive. I guess you know they can say that that's going to come out in a in a future release of say 10.5, but that's that's kind of strange that there's no way to tell it to re-index your hard drive within Spotlight. I think that's kind of a flub. I mean if if you if you don't if your drive dies and you put it back in, it's not going to re-index it. You would think that it would know that it's not there, and then when you put it back on, it would just re-index it. I don't know how much help I'm going to be because I'm not on Tiger yet. It doesn't it automatically when you first update ins- when you first install it. Yeah, it will go through your entire hard drive, and then every time you add something to it, it's automatic. It will just boom re-index whatever you're putting in there. This is going to sound uh, odd, but I tend to think of things in analogies, and if you go all the way back to the original Mac OS, is it kind of like the desktop file, where it's indexing the directory kind of, of well, it, it's that it's invisible metadata. file that was in your yes and no. It's it's an it's a what what Spotlight does is it searches metadata. Mm-hmm. Um, including, say, text inside of a PDF document or a Word document, that sort of thing. Um, so basically what his problem was, when his drive died, he got it repaired and put it back in, it wasn't re-indexing, so it wasn't finding anything that was already on there. So when he went in and added stuff to it, it would find that, but it wouldn't find the other stuff that it should have done originally. So what he did is he went into this preference spotlight, the spotlight preferences, added that drive, took the drive out, and then put the drive back in, and then it thought, oh, okay, it's back again, and then it re-indexed it. But it should just be a little, uh, in the preference file, it should have a little button that says re-index all drives. Yeah, And then pow. Or re-index, and then a list will come up, what do you want to re-index? That just, I can't believe Apple left that out. That's just... Well, isn't there something somewhere to set it up to index in the middle of the night or to set the time well, when you it don't actually have to. does that? You don't have to. Anytime you make any changes to your computer or add any files or take any files away, Spotlight is automatically updated with that metadata. It's done automatically. Now, the first time you install 10.4 on your computer, and I know you said you're not, you don't have 10.4 yet, when you first install it and you go up to Spotlight, it says indexing drive, and it gives you an estimated time before it's going to be done. Like on my G5, I think it took a couple hours because I've got a lot of drives, and they're quite large files, or quite large drives, so it took a long time. On the PowerBook, it took about 15 minutes, and boom, it was done. So when you first install it, it indexes everything that you have. When you add something new to it, it doesn't index that. What so it only changes it when there's a change. When there's a change. And it's almost instantaneous, so you don't need to have it do it in the middle of the night. Um, you know what I'm curious about, and I'm going to have to... If if any readers know for sure one way or another, if you have an external hard drive, say a FireWire hard drive, that you've already got data on from an, another computer, 
you plug it into your Mac, will it go and index that too? I'm kind of curious if, if it does or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then you probably have to go into the preferences, add that FireWire hard drive like Svent was talking about, and then it will go and index it at that point. But, yeah, you know what? I bet it doesn't automatically index it because it's not in, it doesn't, it doesn't know if that's going to be a permanent drive. Right. And then if you unplug that drive and do the search, will it find any results that should be on that? Well, it can't index every drive that you mount. I mean, every time you mount a volume over a network, it would want to index it. If, yeah, if and that it, would slow down your computer it massively. It never worked that way. That's right. Curious. We have to look into it more. If uh, i got to get up to speed. and <laughs> Yeah, you need to spend get the tiger. 149 bucks and, and update it. Um, last week, uh, see, I almost called Chad Taz. See how quick you're replaced out there, Chad? Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> uh, he, he sorely missed. <laughs> Chad, come back, please. Chad and I talked last week about a possible Mac Gamer segment. And, uh, well, you know what? I think I, I messed that up. You remember when I was talking about the person doing our, um, Sean, no, not Sean, Aaron Drake doing our GarageBand file, mm -hmm. he didn't have a messed up power book. I got him confused with someone else. Ah. Uh -huh. Aha. Aha. Sorry. <laughs> because if if, uh, if Aaron was out there listening, he's like, my drive's messed up? <laughs> We're that good. <laughs> you can just send me an email, I know your drive's messed up. <laughs> um, uh, so, so Chad and I were talking about a possible Matt Gamer segment. And, and like I said in the last podcast, and this holds true for Chad and you, we're not current Mac gamers. We don't buy the newest games that are coming out. I don't even check out the demos, to be honest. I just, I don't have the time. The, the last one I played was Oni. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that tells so us that, something. Yeah, that, um, but, you know, uh, I, I asked if anybody was interested in doing something like that as part of our podcast, maybe every couple weeks or so. Maybe even once a month. I don't know. Uh, having some kind of five or ten minute Mac game segment to send me an email and uh, Brad Bellu, B E L Y E U Bellu. Works for me. I, I'm horrible when it comes to pronouncing names, so I'm sorry, Brad, if if I got that wrong. Uh, he was the one, by the way, who had the bad hard drive. Um, he writes. Well, if you're interested in someone doing a Mac Gamer spot on your show, I'd love to. Just let me know. So I sent him an email back. I say, yeah, let's let's uh, see what you can do. Send us a sample file. And uh, that's when he emailed it. It might be a little bit because I'm waiting for my iBook to come back, and I like to use the microphone on that machine rather than the G4. So apologies to Aaron. Your computer isn't isn't messed up, at least as far as I know. And now you don't have an excuse. You better get that uh, yeah, the, get, back in here. Get the music file to us. We need help because we had to play the crappy song again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Brad can do, and uh, that doesn't mean that the invitation is closed. If there's other people who would be interested in doing a Mac Gamer segment, let us know. In fact, if there's people out there that's that's an expert, or you know, you don't even have to be quite an expert, just really proficient with a certain program or a certain type of program. Say you're you're a graphic designer. Or you're a photographer and you really like to do something on a podcast, you just don't know what or where, email us. Maybe we can work something out. Uh, the MyMac.com podcast is very open ended. We're not set in a certain specific style 
or length of a show. I mean, as you know, Tad, the last show was over an hour long. It was like an hour and five minutes. And that's the longest podcast we ever did. That's a long time. And when Chad and I first started, it was very hard to fill that uh, that half hour. And we were struggling. Now we're, we're struggling to keep it under a half hour or at a half hour. So if we go long now, we go long. No biggie. Uh, I want to... Uh, Oh, by the way, if uh, Brad, if if your hard drive died as it did, you might want to consider picking up an external FireWire hard drive for your machine. And and uh, Ramjet actually has it right now: 120 gigabyte FireWire 400. It's FireWire or USB with eight megabyte buffer, 159 bucks. That's a good price. Um, yeah, it is. It's. You know, 120 gigs is, is great for storage, and it's great for backing up. And uh, John Nemo, John Nemirovsky, had just posted a blog up on our site, and I can't check it right now because we don't have internet access while we're sitting and recording this podcast, um, about how to make a FireWire drive bootable. So, you know, you can even have this a bootable drive at 159 bucks. That's That's a good price. And, of course, that is a quasi-commercial right there because uh, Ramjet is now a sponsor, but they don't provide us with a commercial with an ad like smalldog.com does. So we try to work that into every single podcast. And like I said last week, you know, I don't want it to come across as an infomercial. And that is a fear of mine. That, you know, oh great, now they're going to be pitching something. But basically what I do every week, I go up and I try to find something that kind of matches what we're talking about and a good price. And I think 120 gig FireWire hard drive for 159 bucks is a good price. So, I know you need an external drive, don't you? Yep. Yep. I'm filling mine up fast with video. Uh, video just takes up just a ton of space. Um, we're going to take a quick break, uh, listen to uh, a promo, not Mac News, and a word from smalldog.com. Then we're going to come back with a uh, the latest news from macminute.com. And we're going to announce who the winner was. And then Ted and I are going to chat for a little bit. Is there a dinosaur in your life? A big, slow computer that eats up space? Remember what happened to the dinosaurs? They all got sick with viruses and worms. Dump the dinosaur and get a Mac. The Mac Mini is fast, nimble, no bigger than a lunchbox. And you can go wireless without a phone jack in sight. Macs aren't immune from viruses, but they are much less likely to catch them. Find out why at Small Dog Electronics in Waitsfield and on the web at smalldog.com. Podcasting for the digital photographer. Tips from the top floor. Bringing you the best tips and tricks for your digital photography. Digital photography at its best. Check out the website at www.tipsfromthetopfloor.com. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. Not Mac News has been told by highly placed Apple employees that the switch to Intel was not made to enhance the computing experience for users. Rather, the switch was made to draw attention away from the lack of hardware updates. The source also confirmed that hardware in need of desperate updating now includes, quote, freaking everything, unquote. 
While the hardware side may be stalled, the software division is not standing still. Not Mac News has learned that Chad Perry has been retained by Apple to develop a new mobile platform called iCamp. Chad is doing research for the initial rollout of iCamp by spending a goodly amount of time behind a tree experimenting with the iLeaf interface. Not Mac News. The Mac Universe in 60 seconds. I'm Chris Siebel. And once again, thanks to uh, Chris Siebold for Not Mac News. I understand you don't like his theme music. Oh, you kind of had to wake me up there. I, you know. I, see, I think it's very Lord of the Ring-ish, kind of regal. And I mean, because it's fake news, obviously. And so I put this regal, official-sounding dum I, 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 I disagree. I don't think you do Chris justice. It's, it's irony. That's what makes it good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Chris, uh, thanks again for the Not Mac News. We need to get Chris a better microphone, though. You, know, you can hear the difference in acoustics between when he's talking and when Chad and I are talking. So I think we're going to have to find a new sponsor for a week or two and uh, get him a new microphone that way. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need a, a sponsor for the Not Mac News. Um, let's do the let's do uh, the contest. Uh, again, the question last week was, what was the video project Chad and I worked on? It was called Mac Mod. What was the product that we built? It was the iAtari Mac. And the winner was, go ahead, Ted. You, uh, um, uh, it's uh, on the last page. Oh. <laughs> you, you switched things up for me. That's right. Barry Chaplin from Alberta, Canada. That's, uh, that's our winner. Uh, Barry, you're going to have to email me and say, hey, it's me, Barry, and uh, send me your mailing address, your shipping address, and we will get your choice of the Extreme Mac iPod or iPod Shuffle gear that Chad and I had fun opening last week. I already know what he wants because he actually said it in his email. After I drew the winner, I went back and looked to see what, not everybody said what they would prefer, but he actually did. And uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he was speaking about the, um, oh, the kit, the audio kit. Yeah, with a set deck and a that sounded set pretty tape. cool. I, that one was the most impressive to me. That had a lot of really cool features. Charger, yeah, and a charger, and FM a splitter, and yeah, and, it's, and it would actually split a shuffle into two headphone jacks. It, it was a nice kit. It, it pretty much came with everything you'd really want if you have a shuffle, and you have a shuffle, which I forgot. I knew that you already had a regular iPod. So when I pulled up here today to do the podcast, I saw you with the lanyard around your neck, listening to uh, your shuffle. It's just such a. It, I love it's so it. light. I've, I've got a regular iPod, and I use my shuffle more than I do the reg. The, well, I use a regular iPod in the car. Yeah. Um, but uh, around the house, when I'm gardening, mowing the lawn. Yep. The thing's just so convenient. Well, I have a second generation iPod, and I use it mostly in the car. And as I was showing you here today and and before, it's pretty much an external hard drive for me most of the time. That's how we shuffle files back and forth from Chad's house and my house. And like when I came here today, we're actually recording this on my PowerBook, but in case we would have recorded it on your Power Mac, all my files were right there on the um, iPod. That's that's cool. Yep. It's uh, it's a second generation. I, I prefer to have a newer one, 
but for as much as I use it, I mean, it's it's just fine. How many gigs is it? That's a 20 gig. Is it? Yep. And, of course, I've got, like, 50 gigs worth of actual music files in my iTunes library. So the new 60 gig, say, the iPod photo would be perfect for me because I literally could have every song I own on my iPod. How do you uh, pare that down to go on your iPod. I make a playlist. When, when your library's bigger, you just do, you sync to a playlist instead of your whole well, you library? Could, you could sync to multiple playlists, yes. And okay. then, so I just set different playlists up, and for instance, um, I will want to listen to uh, the following week's podcast, usually before we record the next one. That way I can remind myself, oh, we need to talk about this, we need to readdress this issue. And so I have a playlist on this iPod that's just my Mac podcast, and the newest one's always at the top. So I plug that in that iPod into my FM transmitter, and I listen to the podcast in the car because it's much easier for me, anyways, to pay attention to a spoken word type of thing when I'm driving or if I have headphones on, rather than sitting there in front of my computer. If I'm sitting in front of my computer, if I'm web browsing, I'll miss half the conversation of what I'm supposed to be. You get distracted. Yeah. yeah, that's why I can't watch television in a window on my computer. I I, I won't watch it. I won't even hear it half the time. So, uh, let's talk about some. Uh, I only grabbed two news items from MacMinute.com. If you guys are looking for some cool news, quickly go to MacMinute.com. They're they're not a sponsor. We just uh, we we I look at that site every day, at least four or five times a day. I know you look at MacMinute too. Yep. And uh, so we just like to throw props out to them, and that's where we grab our news from. Go ahead and read the first one. Oh, let's see. Report, iPod market share tops 30%. This was posted on June 21st. According to a report released by market research form, firm Insat, Apple sold 8.4 million iPods in 2004, a market share of over 30%, notes Tom's Hardware Guide. Apple's iPod business model is running strong despite voices that have begun questioning the long-term success of the strategy. Insat reported that Apple sold nearly one-third of all digital audio players in 2004. Of the 27.8 million unit market, Apple's iPod product line achieved a 30.2% share or 8.4 million sold units. How's that for redundant? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, What's that? Yeah, I know because if you if you watch the Steve Jobs keynote and they show the big pie chart, you yeah, see it's that like 75, 70, 80, 90%. Yeah, it just looks like the iPod's crushing everybody. Now, this is obviously breaking it down into... Well, this includes obviously all Flash-based yeah, players. Yeah, it has to. It has to. And, and I'm, I'm quite sure if you look at that pie chart with all the information... Um, Instat is reporting on. Nobody this is, is just 2004. Right. No one's going to have a bigger market share than Apple. Obviously. I mean, one-third of all of them was Apple. And each little piece of that pie would be, you know, some off-Korean brand name or, you know, stuff like that. A, a little iRiver certain model, that sort of thing. I wonder thing. if they include phones. Uh, you know, well, there aren't I, really many out there yet. Yeah, I, I would probably have to follow the link and, and read the actual report. But I can't imagine there's too many MP3 playing phones yet. What's in a number? I mean, everything's subjective, and everything's in context that you look at it in. It's yeah, the way it's they kind, spin it. Yeah, and it's kind of like the the whole, if someone's going to talk negatively in the mainstream press about Apple, they'll always preference it with saying something like, 
Apple Computer, who sell, who has a 2.7% market share, well, that's how many units they sold in a certain quarter compared to the rest of the computer industry. And they're not telling you that Dell has like a 30%. Well, that sounds a lot more than the 2% Apple has. But how many PC users buy new computers, how often compared to Mac users? Mac users generally, at least from my point of view and, and from what I've seen um, being an IT manager, being a, a freelance contractor, going to people's houses and consulting, is people generally buy a Mac and they use that sucker for three or four years. I don't know too many PC users who keep the same PC for three or four years. I was wondering which way you were going to go with that. I wasn't because, really sure. And so my point is, I, there's a I lot. milk mine until it's dropped. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think a lot of Mac users do that generally. They they buy the machine that they want, and let's be honest, Macs generally cost a little bit more, and you milk it for three or four, sometimes even five years, until you just really do need to upgrade. So yeah, Apple's not selling as many, but I bet if they ever did, and and I don't know really how they could do this. I'm sure those market research firms are a lot smarter than me when it comes to this. But an actual installed base, I bet Apple would be a whole lot bigger than three percent. So there you go. Yeah. And 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 here the other thing about the iPod market share, that's just how many has been sold. How many people are buying multiple iPods? And if you bought one last year, you're probably not going to buy. Well, I know you bought the Shuffle, and you bought your daughter a I have Mini. an iPod. I have a Shuffle. My daughter just bought an iPod Mini. Well, I got her one for her birthday. My girlfriend's son got one for his graduation. Her other son's looking forward to one. Right. Now, Julie wants her own. I mean, everybody wants their own iPod. Once they experience them, once they realize how simple they are and what they are. Yep. You want one. It's just a, you know. Yeah, and, and so, but by the same token, though, are you going to buy a brand new fifth-generation iPod when it comes out? Probably not. You've already got, yours is a third generation. You, I like that iPod mini. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice little I machine. I like the size. It's kind of a, convenient enough that you could wear it around comfortably, mowing the lawn or walk with you, right. or, but like a shuffle, but big enough and you've got the interface to have a little more control to know what you're playing when. Right. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yep. And what's this Apple's iPod business business model is running strong despite voices yeah. that have begun questioning <laughs> the long-term success of the strategy? What, what, strategy what voices and what strategy? Yeah. I mean... They're, they're selling like gangbusters and Apple can't make enough of them? Yeah. I... Uh, uh, that seems kind of weird. Well, you know, and, and I guess it's probably true of, of every industry, but there's always going to be those out there who think this is a bad idea or that's a bad idea. Um, I'm sure if you went back a year ago, there was a whole lot of people that said GM is in a lot of trouble, even though GM themselves were saying, no, everything's fine. A year later, you know, they're laying off 25,000 employees and yet somehow the CEO is keeping his job and the stock goes up. So the stock market goes, yay, yay. Well, he lays off 25,000 people. Of the workforce, yeah. A quarter of the workforce. But yet, you know, I bet he still gets his big old bonus. That has nothing to do with anything, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second one, Apple faces lawsuit from 
Contois. How do you say that word? Cointois? Contois? Contoy? Contoy? You think it's. Yeah. I think that S Let's is say, silent. Yeah, we'll say Contoy over iTunes. According to a report on the ledger, I'm sorry, on the register, this morning, this morning being June 21st, Apple is being sued by Contoy Music and Technology over iTunes. The company claims that Apple violated its patent for, quote, a computer control system and user interface for playing media for media playing devices in which the system provides a user interface for allowing a user access to media pieces stored in a media database what <laughs> give me a break this is th- you know what this is just retarded and they're going to sue them over iTunes but yet there's it, it's not even like iTunes was the first music MP3 database out there. In fact, well, what's it was interesting late to, to the me game. though is they went. If I went in and read this article, and uh, don't quote me on this, but I think they said if you read it that it goes back to like 1996 or seven yeah. when they when they placed the patent or or applied for the patent, right. and they received it in '99. Right iTunes came out in 2001. What is it? 2005? Yeah. And they're now, just now, so, filing a lawsuit. Yeah. Now, let's let's wait until we, we create an entire industry. Yep. And then we'll go find something, you know, then the we'll go sue counts. them. Yeah. I, you know what? There, there's... There's a reason that we have patents in, in the world, so when you invent something... Someone can't come in and just steal it. For instance, and I know you know the story of the guy who invented the delay on window wipers. He, he invented that. He, he shopped it around. Nobody wanted to do that. And then GM did it. Ford did it. And Chrysler all came out with their own on a delayed wiper. And it took him like 20 years of court battles. And he finally won. Now he's a multi-giganaire. I mean, he's got so much money he wouldn't even know what to do with it. As he should have. And I believe one of them, he actually got like a buck or something for every car sold with that feature going back 25, 30 years. It was just an unheard of amount of money that he won. And I think the other two automa- uh, automakers settled. They ooh, just throw some money at this and make this go away quickly. So I understand why you have to have trademarks and you have to have patents because you have to protect your property. But that's not the case here. At least not as I see it. And call me, yes, I'm, I'm biased when it comes to Apple. But if, if they were going after Microsoft for the same thing, you know what? No. And Well, Microsoft's got Windows Media Player. Yes. Why aren't they going after Microsoft, too? And that's such a vague-sounding patent to begin with. Yeah, I mean... That's where the problem is. I mean, all you have to do is have a computer program that will play a song off of a database, and it fits that... That that vague iTunes is so much more than that. Oh, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. But what you know? Are they going after all the other? Are they going after the Rhapsody Music Service? Because that would fall into the same category. And and when did you say they applied for that patent? I think they said ninety seven. Yeah. Was there any music or software playing from a database before ninety seven? I bet there was. In fact, I know for a fact there was. And I don't know of any. Um, well, Apple's CD software would actually play um, 
music that wasn't necessarily on a CD. And couldn't a CD be considered a database? Yes. That's it's a database of that music, correct? It's mm-hmm. data. It's it's not an analog. It's digital. And when did people start playing CDs on their computers? Back, what, like 94? Uh, probably 94. No, well, it was about 94, 95 was when the CD-ROM really started making headway. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't too too long after that that people tried to figure out how to take the music from the CD and put it on the hard drive. And then it was even longer before they figured out how to convert. Someone came up with the MP3 uh, compression technology so the files wouldn't be huge. I mean, an average uh, AIF file off a CD was like 60 megabytes. Right. And back in 95, 96, that could be half your hard drive right there. I mean, that that wasn't practical. And that was really the, the reason that MP3s became so popular because hard drives weren't very big, but people still wanted to have instant access to their music. And that's when the CDDC database online came out. So if you put your CD in your computer, it would actually jump on the net, figure Grace out what them. it was, and, you know. Um, I don't know. I think this is just w- one more company that sees success, and they're, they're just... lawyers going, doing what lawyers do. Yeah, you know. yeah. But you know, looking for a cash cow, and yes, but but it goes deeper than that. And I think the problem really is um, the bureaucracy of the trademark office of these vague trademarks and patents that they allow that really shouldn't go through. Because just, obviously, I, I would imagine, anyways, the actual patent is much more worded than what we're reading in this little news blurb. But it must I, be. But I, I would almost guarantee if you actually read it, it would be so vague and it could cover so much of almost anything. That's the only reason that they would patent it is so sometime in the future they could come out and sue people. I, I almost guarantee you well, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It used to be you had to supply, and I don't remember when this all changed, but it used to be that you had to supply a physical working model. Yeah, no, that's gone. Of your actual, and and I understand why they don't do that anymore. They used to have to store these, and but it has gotten to the point where well, you or I could just sit here and brainstorm and no, come up with an idea that's not more, even feasible. It's more diabolical than that. Get a patent have, on it and wait heard? twenty years until some company turns it into an industry. No, that that's that would be that would almost be okay with me if if that was the problem. But here, have you heard of patent fishing yet? Well, this, it's this no is, different than than no no. This than, is different. Um, domain fishing, or when when you well, take a domain and somebody's name. No and, no 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 no. Totally different. This is this is somebody will start up a startup company with one or two people, and they will basically dive into old patents of companies that went bankrupt or are no longer solvent, and they'll find a patent that this company may have created or owned. Maybe they acquired it with a merger with another company or it was a patent that they came up with themselves. And that vaguely sounds like something that's in the market today. They will go in and they will buy for almost nothing all the rights, including the name of that old company, sit on it for just a couple weeks, and then turn around and sell the company that has a similar sounding product that works similar, hoping that it will just be settled out of court. That's called patent fishing where they're buying these old companies when they find these old technologies that are patented and everybody's using, 
they buy the rights to that patent because well, they buy that company. Patents have a, a statute oh. of limitations, don't they? Yeah, I, I don't know. It used what to it be is. seven I'm, years. I'm, or, I, I'm quite sure it's longer than that nowadays. With the trademarking's uh, different, but patent the patent. You know, the, the I, whole, I don't know. I'm not going to say one way or another because I I don't know. But I do know that there are a lot of people who go out there patent fishing that finds you know. And it's intellectual property is what they're looking for. And they're just looking to sue another company and get a quick payoff. And then once they get that quick payoff, then they dissolve that company that they use, that the new fishing company. They dissolve it, and they have their money. And they basically profit from an old company who came up with the invention. And that's just pond scum to me. Yeah. That's just, that's just you know, it's just lawyers. I wouldn't even say lawyers. I mean, because I don't want to give lawyers a bad name because... Personally, I don't think all lawyers are bad or lawyers are bad in general. Because if it's your lawyer, you don't think he's bad. If you're the one that was hurt, your lawyer is your best friend. He's going to get you some money or he's going to get the insurance company to pay for your medical bills. So I don't want to do that. But, um, you know, it's just these people that just go out there and, and strip mine. Yeah, you that's know? a good term, good way to describe it. I, I that just It really bugs me. And, and things need to change, you know. And we're talking billions of dollars that this is costing existing businesses that had no idea this old patent was out there. And when they did their search, it didn't come up because they are dissimilar enough. So they didn't think they were going to get in trouble. Plus, the company that originally patented it is nothing anymore. It's just a name. And then they get sued a couple years later when they have success for what they created. And that's what this is. And, you know... I know this is the current uh, administration had a big thing about oh we got to get rid of these frivolous lawsuits yeah tort reform yeah and all that crap no that's not the problem this is the problem tort reform is it sounds good but it's it's not a problem I mean it's 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 retarded and it's just a way to get the American people to blink when the real problems go completely unnoticed. And this is a prime example of a real problem that no one's doing anything about. But what is getting bypassed in the, the judicial system to the time that it takes to schedule this case, see this case, have oh, a judge actually yeah. rule on this case? Yep. Meanwhile, what's what's not getting done done because yep. this yep. kind of stuff is? Yep. But that's the, I guess that's the American legal system nowadays, yeah. Yeah, you go fishing for these old patents, you find one, and then, hey, you know what? This company is making a product that's that it almost could fit into this, so let's sue them. And, and they don't actually want to go to court. None of them want to go to oh, court. Yeah. They're, they're hoping that Apple will go, oh, man, look, we're just going to pay you $30 million to make this go away. And they go, okay. And they probably sell Apple the patent for $30 million. And really, that's probably like, what, three days worth of iPod sales for for. Uh, yeah, but Apple <laughs> Apple has a history of taking them to court. Of course, um, we don't know what they yeah, actually settled. Yeah, well, there I, was a similar case not long ago. They're 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 all that over. was thrown out basically. Yeah, yeah. What was that? I can't remember. I want to know what's going on with that one company who's trying to sue IBM or the Linux people for stealing part of Unix, even though they didn't create Unix. They have a ugh. Uh, you know what? Let's not even go into that. Yeah. That's just a horrible, horrible situation. 
So that was our podcast. Uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, record it with me this week. It's uh, been fun being over here at your house. Uh, most people don't know, well, nobody would know, that we're sitting here in your living room recording this podcast. And my two daughters is with your daughter behind your house, out a little bit, uh, fishing in the river. Yeah. So maybe I'll post a picture of, uh, I don't know if Brittany's caught any fish yet, but Rachel's caught at least two. So before I leave, I want to get a couple of the copies of the picture that you took, and I'll post that in with the uh, show notes. My great, daughter great idea. holding up the fish at the same time we were recording this podcast. So, um, Hopefully Chad will be back next week. He's camping this week. Uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to go up to the Apple Store opening in Grand Rapids, which I was very excited about in the last podcast. Not because I have to go alone, um, but because my daughter has a dance recital that day. So, you know, and Apple mine has Store, a piano lesson. Yes, Apple Store, dance recital. You know, when you're a father, you don't always get to do the fun stuff that you want to do. Well, it'll be there. It'll be there. Yep. I am excited about that. Though. Oh, me That's too. Cool. Well, it definitely, uh, Chad and you and I will we'll get together and go up there for the first time all together and go check it out. Um, it's it's not quite visiting the holy mecca, but it's finally a place in this area that we can go and it's all Mac. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to talk about my. Well, we've got time. It's this is it's not like this is costing any more money. Right. To, to... Uh, the iPod interface for my car that I got this week. Oh yeah, what is that? It's uh, from a company called Peripheral. Peripheral. Actually, Peripheral. Peripheral. P e r i p h e r a l. Yeah. Okay. Peripheral technologies, I think, and the product is called uh, iPod, the number two car, all one word. iPod two car. iPod two car. Um, I I actually saw that product. It's just a little black box, right? White box. Yes. It's Uh, a little box. Plugs in to your CD. It replaces your CD changer. Yep. And what it's good for is it interfaces with your factory head unit. If your factory head unit supports a CD changer. Right. If you have a factory CD changer that interfaces, and and if you've got, uh, you know, if you can change tracks on your CD through your car stereo. It will change tracks on your iPod. Basically, it sits in place of your, you have to disconnect your CD changer. Right. And then you plug this box into it, and from that box, it comes out with a wire that has basically a dock connector. Yep. Uh, that plugs into your iPod, and the neat thing is, uh, the the quality is is excellent. I had the FM transmitter, the iTrip, right, and I was never happy with that. Um, the quality is excellent. Uh, you can it interfaces right through the stereo, so you can play a playlist. Right, you know you can have a playlist of all your favorites and just hit next song, next song, or next back. song, or back. You can fast forward through a song. Oh, really? Yep. And. <laughs> And the iPod, or you can control it from the iPod. Sure. um, Which some of them don't work that way. Some of them take your iPod at the same time. And it charges your iPod. And the neat thing is, I turn off the ignition, it automatically shuts off the iPod and starts charging. Oh, that's So I don't have to dink with it and make sure it's turned off and hit the switch so it's locked or. Nothing. It's it's hands free, The, the sound is excellent. The only thing I wish it did that it doesn't do, and I thought it did, but I went back and reread it. I must have been reading a different one. 
I thought I could change playlists by switching. I had a six disc oh, CD yeah, changer, gotcha. and I thought that, that the 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 CD the disc button would switch between playlists, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Do yeah. So I have to man, manually put it on a playlist that I want. Which, while you're driving, is not really safe. No, I mean, that's the kind of thing not. you have to do. Well, that's what we've talked about in the past. Um, that everybody always says how great the interface is of oh, the iPod. No, it's I not for driving. I think it's a horrible interface. Yeah, I not even for just driving. Just to go from one song in one playlist to another song in another playlist takes way too long. I don't get me wrong. I don't know how to make it better, but I don't like the interface in, of the iPod. Yeah, I, I think I, it's clunky. I the scroll wheel's a little touchy. Yep. I would yep. like to be able to set the sensitivity on the scroll wheel. That would be nice. What I want is an iPod in my car that's Wi-Fi, so when I pull into the driveway and I go on a show, It automatically it, syncs. It syncs it that way. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. That would be... And then that's that would be the ultimate iPod. And I think eventually you will see something like that. But, you know, I keep hearing more and more about the satellite radio, and I really, really want to give that a try. I, I You know it would be great if satellite radio went the iPod route where they start playing, you know, set aside two or three different satellite channels, because, I mean, it's satellite. Who cares? It, there's no such thing as bandwidth, really. Set aside two or three different satellite channels for nothing but podcasts. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. That would just, man, talk about content. And honestly, you wouldn't even have to pay the podcasters anything, because honestly, be, we'd be happy. Like, yeah, play it. Cool. Because if, if you've got ads in your podcast, very few podcasts have advertising. We're... We do, but very, very few do. Um, that would just be more of an incentive for me uh, to be able to charge more for advertising. Thus, we can get better equipment. We can have more special guests. We can go places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's more of a business at that point, but yet it's still the home brew. You know, we're recording this sitting. I'm sitting on your love seat. You're sitting on your couch with your feet up, and we're recording a podcast. And, you know, you just don't get that from radio local radio and you don't get that from satellite radio it's such and it's a independent. unique and absolutely you don't have anybody telling you you can and can't well i've had a few people that tried recently um but no absolutely it's it's we are independent we can do what we want and as a listener i don't care what even at this early point in podcasting this is something that's really not even a year old yet i mean i think adam curry posted the first one and what was it it was like August or September, and we started ours in December. So we—it's not like we're late to the game. We're we're very early when it comes to the whole podcasting phenomenon. But even at this early point in the podcasting history, I don't care what interest you have. I bet you're going to find a podcast that's dedicated to that interest. Mm -hmm. You know, movies, religion, politics, sex. Technology, humor, drama, I mean everything. The weather. I saw a podcast the other day that they talk about the weather. The weather. <laughs> that kind of defeats Yeah. Yeah. Well it depends on what you listen is to kind it. of yeah. It's kinda of dated in about five minutes after you record it, but <laughs> you know. But there's always going to be something like that now and it's always going to be podcasting until some the next thing bumps it off. But I think this whole podcasting thing is just fun. It's fantastic. And if you have an interest, you're going to find a podcast that matches it. It's the future. I mean, it's the Internet. You know, in 95, when the Internet yep. blew up. Yep. Who knew you know, where we were going? But well, I never it, thought it would it, be It's this. that same kind of 
yes. birth. It's 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 a new thing. It's just it's all going to be part of of the internet and. Yep. But it's going to be on your TV. You're going to be able to access all this stuff. I mean, when iTunes is comes out and the update for iTunes, that's going to make it mainstream. Well, it's already mainstream, but iTunes with iPod downloadable content built in is going to be huge. My only concern is Apple watering down the content. Well, we don't want this because this is too racy. If they start playing... Right. We don't we don't want to do the MyMac podcast on here because they said something negative about Apple once. And if they do that, it's worthless. Yeah. It's absolutely worthless. Yeah. And um, I hope they don't. And I, people keep asking me, do you think Apple's going to do that? I don't know. I don't have any information. I have zero insider information. Hopefully someone that works at Apple will email me and tell me the requirements that it's going to take and what I can do as a podcaster to get my show. I, I think it's going to be store. some public database type thing like iPodder or, or no, I don't think so. And it's going to be no. res- it's going to resource that. No. I don't think as a company they they would want that responsibility. No, I think that's I think exactly they should they just want. build no the interface into iTunes no. to link to that. No, because here's the problem: if if you're on a server and you're serving up your podcast to a s- small select group of people, and you know that, and the Apple comes in and links to it, and a thousand people download it that you never intended, and you get this huge bill. Well, well, wait a minute. I, I never advertised to all these people how they find it. Well, because of Apple. You know what I mean? So there's... And the other part of that is if Apple's going to offer a podcast to download and you click it to download, but that particular server is not operational at the moment, you can't download it. You, you know what I mean? Apple doesn't well, want that kind of I don't think they're going to store the information. Oh, I do. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. No, they're not going to control it. It's just going to be a link to an no. RSS feed. No, I don't think so. I think Yeah, he Apple, demonstrated it. Well, you know, what he demonstrated was downloading it directly from the iTunes Music Store. It didn't say it was pulling it off of Adam Curry's site. It looked like it was part of the iTunes Music Store. And well, Apple I almost guess it all remains to, to be seen. Yeah. But I can't believe that they would... Why? They do that with music already. What's the difference? Because music... They can pay. They can charge you for. But this is add on. This is value added. Right. And he said the word free. Absolutely. But there could be podcasts that you could pay for. He didn't rule out that there could be paid subscription for podcasts. You know, yeah. You, you can subscribe to this, and it'll cost you five bucks a month. Yeah, so. and he was he was drooling over you know BBC and PBS. Right. Yeah. And, and and he totally disregarded other than the Adam Curry. He went completely mainstream. Right. And and my my worry is people are going to look at there's the professionals and then the amateurs. Well, I'm sorry. At this point, MyMac.com podcast is a professional podcast. We have ads. We're on a weekly schedule. People pay to have their products or their services advertised on our show. Um, we are a professional site. What makes us different than a PBS you know, better production facilities. So wh- where's the line? Do you have to have your own building for just that? Or could it be anybody with a handheld microphone and a little cassette deck that they transfer to the computer later? Is he considered a professional podcaster? You see what I mean? There's, well, a, there's a lot of gray areas with Apple getting into podcasting that really worries me. 
Yeah. And if, well, I they, don't if think it's that done they're wrong, gonna, it's going to be a huge, huge PR nightmare for Apple. They It stands to either really help it to grow. Yep. Or do they stand in the way? Yep. Or do they help it, or yep. do they a pump that makes it bigger? That's right. And that remains to be seen. If they really want, because this is going to be value added, if they really want to make iTunes an indispensable um, icon on your in your dock or on your desktop on a PC, they better not stand in the way. They better just open the floodgates and and let the iPod or the uh, podcasting community be what it is. I, I really don't think they're big enough to stop to to curtail it. I mean, it's it's I don't it's think already it's already getting the, big. The horse is out of the barn. Right. It's it's a phenomenon and it's growing. Yep. And it's gonna happen, and is happening, you know. And the fact that iTunes has an interface to uh, podcasting within iTunes either helps it or and can you add your own? If, if it's Apple not gonna stop it, right? If Apple doesn't have a show in the iTunes Music Store, can you go in and add that yourself to iTunes? See, there's a lot of questions that I just don't know the answer to. I'm dying for it to come out, but I also want a developers kit. For podcasters, so we could join in on the fun, and we can have our podcast linked there. So instead of when people come to my site, they'll still be able to download the show, but I could also have a link that you click, and it will open up iTunes and goes right to the My Mac playlist and i in in iTunes. That's the way I would really prefer it. So, anyways, thanks, Tad. Appreciate you uh, welcoming into your home tonight and. Uh, Letting us record a podcast here. It's fun having you. It's uh, thanks miss, for having me. I miss Chad. Of Come back, Chad. Hurry, <laughs> quick, please. Uh, be sure to check out mymac.com for the latest happenings in our little corner of the Mac world. Uh, please send any feedback, either MP3 feedback, as our uh, as our buddy in Sweden did, or just a regular email. We'll read those on the uh, on the podcast as well. To mymacpodcast at gmail.com a lot of people go why do you use a gmail account you have the mymac.com account well because gmail gives me two gigabytes of storage I'd rather have mp3 files get sent there and not to my mail server and you know take three hours to download a file and I'll just go to gmail and grab it I think that's the first time you actually said that email address correctly, by the way. Yeah, I know. I always screw it up, don't I? I don't yeah, know say why. it again. I want to hear it again. MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. Right. Every now and then. All right. Thanks. See you all later.